This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Good afternoon and Semper Fi. Welcome into the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. It is a glorious Saturday and the reason why, I don't care about the weather. I don't care about any anything else. It is LSU football taking on Auburn tonight at 8 p.m. A huge SEC matchup in Death Valley where it never rains. We all know that. Welcome into the show. Our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text lines are open at 504-260-1870. I'm in a great mood. We're going to be here till 6 o'clock tonight, getting you ready for LSU and Auburn. And then we'll hand it off to the LSU Sports Radio Network at 6 o'clock, and they'll bring you all the action from the Tigers and those other Tigers out of Auburn. Jeff Nowak of Odyssey Sports standing by. Going to hang out with us for a few moments. Jeff, how are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. It's a little rainy, but you know, I'm I'm making it through. Eh, uh, don't worry about the rain. <laughs> don't worry about the rain. All right, let's get. I want to get to the conversation we were just kind of having off air before the show started. We don't know who Auburn's quarterback is going to be yet. Whether it's Bo Nix or T.J. Finley, they've kind of been been playing some games gamesmanship uh, about that. They went to T.J. Finley last week. He uh, played pretty well. I think Jeff, you you and I disagree here. I think LSU is going to see their former quarterback and T.J. Finley tonight at 8 p.m. You feel, you feel differently. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a there's a pretty good chance you see either of those guys. You know, I think after how the, the Auburn-Georgia State game ended, it would be really easy to just say, okay, T.J. Finley's the quarterback now. But we saw a similar thing with LSU last year and Finley when he came in and uh, won that game against South Carolina. And I think it was a point on the broadcast they were hammering on, oh, well, even if Miles Brennan comes back, T.J. Finley's the guy. And I don't think that was the case then. I don't think that's necessarily the case now. Um, TJ Finley was the bringing in TJ Finley was the right thing in that moment, but, uh, Bo Nix is still a guy that came, you know, I don't, well, the game was in Auburn last year, but just torched, torched this LSU defense, uh, 48, 11, a season ago. Um, he came into the season as a starter because the team, uh, has confidence in him. And I would honestly be surprised if it is Finley. Uh, cause I think if that's the case, you're kind of giving LSU what they want. Cause, um, they haven't proven they can stop Bo Nix. Uh, I think they know a lot more about T.J. Finley <laughs> at this point than any other any other school in the country. Um, so throwing him into that fire there might be a mistake. Jeff Nowak, Odyssey Sports. I'm Christian Garrick. Our Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text lines are open. 8 p.m. kickoff in Death Valley when the what is it the old saying when the sun finds its place in the western sky. It's Saturday night in Death Valley. Again, our Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text lines are open at 504-260-1870. I, I get it last week, Jeff, you know, it was Mississippi State. It didn't feel quite like a, a big matchup. This one feels like a big matchup. It's LSU-Auburn. There's history there. The earthquake game, 
the bon, the bonfire. I mean, there's just so many different historical moments in this rivalry. I think this is LSU's true rival. Everyone wants to make it out to be Ole Miss uh, or Alabama, but I think this one has a lot of story lines this year, but also a storied history. You agree with that? You think this is the LSU's probably biggest rival? They just don't really know it? Yeah, I mean, with all due respect to uh, the state of Mississippi, it doesn't get you know, you don't get to the top tier until you get over to Alabama. Uh, and that's true of Alabama, and that's true of Auburn. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's – especially now with the air raid kind of uh, elements involved with Mississippi State, there's just – you know, you have to go into that game with a very specific game plan. It tells you a lot about the coaching. It tells you a lot about the uh, preparation because uh, they installed an entirely new game plan they'd never shown before, and they did it successfully, and they won, which I think, you know – Uh, applause to the coaching staff. They proved a lot in that game, I think, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But this is going to be a a true test of whether that defense can hold up without Derek Stingley Jr. out there. Um, I don't think you can't sit back with eight eight people in coverage against this Auburn team. They run the ball too well. Yeah, and that's something that you feel like should be a strength for LSU, in particular along the defensive line, because that's the strength of their defense. They've been had at times on a run, see the UCLA game, you know, they they've they've been pushed around a little bit and up front offensively they've been pushed around as well um in the trenches it I think Auburn has an advantage uh, certainly defensively I don't know it might be a wash offensively they might pop a couple of big runs and then and then you know LSU can stuff the run a little bit but I think you touched on a great point is that if they can't if they can't stop the run and Auburn loves to run the football that's their path to victory for Auburn yeah, I, I think LSU kind of has morphed into more of an NFL-style offense where a lot of times you're throwing to set up the run. Uh, Auburn very much today is going to want to establish the run to take the top off the defense to spread LSU out and may, prove that whoever it is on the outside across from Eli Ricks can cover. You know, whether it's Jay Ward, Dwight McLaughlin, Cordell Flott, that's going to be uh, that. It's going to be a couple steps to get there, but Auburn's going to try to take advantage of that all day. He's Jeff Nowak. I'm Christian Garrick. We were just getting started here. On the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust, Tiger Tailgating Show on WWL. Dancing around the college football scoreboard. These are all finals coming your way. Or this is a final, I should say. Number 24, Wake Forest on top of, they beat Louisville, 37-34. By the way, Jeff, it is Louisville. It's not Louisville. I lived in that area, and they, they get very upset if you call it Louisville. It's Louisville, just so you know. Oh, trust me, I grew up uh, grew up in New England, big UConn basketball fan, and uh, I used to yell angry things about Louisville quite a bit. So like, It's Louisville. Louisville. Sorry. Cincinnati. It's all right. At the half, the Bearcats, seventh ranked Cincinnati on top of Notre Dame in South Bend. The Fighting Irish are ninth in the country. 17 nothing. the Bearcats on top of Notre Dame. And we were talking, Jeff, it's, they're not – Cincinnati is ranked higher than Notre Dame, but yet that feels like an upset if it, if it were to happen. If they, they pull it off, that would be an upset because I think Notre Dame, the historical relevance of that organization uh, – that, that, school and that football program is way more relevant than Cincinnati's right and it's a group of five all-timer and it's a game that if Cincinnati hangs on uh and manages to win out it's going to be the first time you see a group of five team in the college football playoff because that a top 10 win and a conference title should get you in and if it doesn't something's broken 38-3, 38-3, the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers just starting the third quarter over UL Monroe. They were favored, by the way, to win by 34, so they're one point above that. 
And those Vegas guys know what they're doing. Ole Miss. They know and, what they're talking about. Yeah, Ole Miss and Alabama just starting the second quarter in Tuscaloosa. The Crimson Tide, number one ranked Crimson Tide on top of number 12, Ole Miss, seven to nothing. And ooh, a little bit of a surprise so far in the first quarter out in the West, Stanford on top of number three, Oregon, 10 nothing. And that action, Oklahoma, they're on the road against K State, Kansas State in the first quarter, just about the. Wind down Kansas State on top of sixth ranked Oklahoma seven to three. Ohio State, the eleventh ranked team in the country, on the road at Rutgers. They're cruising so far in the first quarter, up already seventeen nothing, with four minutes to go in the first quarter. Earlier today in the SEC, ooh, Pig Sue E gets shut out and blanked by second ranked Georgia thirty seven to nothing. And, and Jeff, that was an Arkansas program that had catapulted up the rankings all the way up to number eight. number eight they were getting a lot of love nationally and look you're not going to get penalized too much for losing to the second ranked team uh in georgia but man you get blanked and you had a lot of momentum a lot of people talking about you the potential playoff team and that's not going to happen as we see but i think that program though in arkansas the arrow is pointing up regardless that they lost today 37 nothing. Oh, yeah. I mean, you look at where they were a couple of years ago, and, uh, I mean, <laughs> uh, Georgia's a really good football team. They did it against Clemson. I think they hold, held them to, what, three points, seven points? Three. Uh, and they're, you know, that Georgia defense is legit. Arkansas, I think what you saw today is they still have a way to go. They have a little bit of a of a gimmicky defensive scheme. They run a lot of the same concepts LSU did last week to slow down Mississippi State. Um, and when it works, it works. When it doesn't, I think uh, – it becomes very difficult if your offense isn't putting up points. And uh, getting shut out is not a good recipe to win a game, obviously. Weigh in on our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text lines. You got LSU, you got Auburn tonight. The Tigers of LSU, the purple and gold, are favored by three, getting back to some of the earlier scores. Final in uh, for Michigan and Wisconsin 38 to 17. The Wolverines take care of Wisconsin. Uh, Michigan, 14th in the country. Still to come today, uh, Florida at Kentucky, Louisiana Tech at NC State, Mississippi State at Texas A&M, Baylor at Oklahoma State, Indiana at number four, Penn State, Western Kentucky taking on Sparty, the 17th-ranked Michigan Spartans uh, later on today as well. Boston College at 25th-ranked Clemson. It's hard to believe Clemson has fallen all the way to 25 when that was a perennial power. Auburn and LSU tonight, and, of course, Arizona State and UCLA. Fresno State and Hawaii. So full slate of college football ahead for you in particular right here on WWL tonight at 8 p.m. when LSU takes on Auburn, and we'll get back to that matchup. Have you seen enough, Jeff, from the offensive line to give you a modicum of hope that they can get in there when they have to and run the football? I haven't. No. No, they they, they have not. Um, and I don't know if you're going to see it. I don't think that's his offense anymore, and – uh, you have to find different ways to to move the ball on the ground. You have to find different ways to get easy yards. Um, they had some success with RPO sets uh, against Mississippi State. That long touchdown to Keishon Bouti was an RPO uh, where he just slung it downfield when he saw the safety bite. And I think that's how you're going to have to work the running game in a lot more is some of those you know shotgun draws that Clyde did so well and Joe did so well in the 2019 season. I think that's what you really need to see a little more of. Well, what I don't understand, I guess I understand it, but – I haven't seen him take advantage of Max Johnson's athleticism and his ability to run. Where's the RPOs with him keeping a couple times? I get the rationale that could be offered, which is, well, we don't want to get Max Johnson hurt because you have a freshman right now, a true freshman, 
as his backup and and Nussmeyer. So I understand it, but at some point, if if you can't traditionally line up and run a ball uh, like big boy football, you got to get cute with it. And you got to you're gonna have to use Max Johnson to a degree. Yeah, I, I agree with that to an extent. I think you need to get him more involved outside the pocket. You need to move sure. his launch point a little bit more and give him a little time to extend the play. Uh, having him sit there and try to and, and hoping the protection can hold up as routes work downfield is not going to be a recipe for success um, once you get into the Auburns, the Alabamas, the Floridas of the world. Um, but I don't know if you want to just start throwing caution to the wind and throwing five, six designed runs out no, there. No, no, but right. uh, when you need it, you know, just, uh, as a wrinkle. Yeah. Just, a, you know, it's a third and two, and the defense is ex- expecting maybe a back or maybe it's a it's a speed a speed reverse or something like that. And you, you just run you run Max Johnson on a, on an RPO, a designed run. I don't know. I just you, think that, that that might be a, a good way to mix things up, a wrinkle. I think a good way to put it is, you know, you want the defense to have to at least be prepared for it, right? You want it to be something that they have to account for because the more things you force the defense to account for, the easier it's going to be to attack them downfield. Um and, yeah, I mean, the intermediate, the short game, the drive-extending type plays, those are what have been lacking from LSU's offense. They can go over the top. They can score quickly all day long. But it's really hard to salt away game when you can't possess the ball. Yeah, and there's going to be moments that they're going to have They're going to have to sit on a lead and they're going to need to get in their four-minute offense right. and just and you know kind of just play smash mouth. Look, good teams, really good teams, evidence last week, the Saints – Good teams, when they have to answer and they have to drain the clock and everybody in the stadium knows they're going to run it and can still do it. That's what effective offenses can do. And and there's going to be a situation this year against who knows who knows the opponent where they're going to have to protect the lead or answer and, and put the game away, and everybody in the stadium is going to know that they're running and they're not going to be able to establish it. That, and that's going to cost them a victory or two perhaps at some point. Jeff Nowak of Odyssey Sports. I'm Christian Garrick. Our Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text lines are open. In the receiving core, Jeff, for the LSU Tigers, Kayshawn Boutte, uh, Boutte, and then um, you got Besh at tight end that's starting to emerge a little bit. Jordan Palmer uh, to a certain degree. Trey Palmer. Trey Palmer, I'm sorry. I got Jordan Palmer, the USC uh, <laughs> USC quarterback, um, or the quarterback guy. Anyway, uh, Trey Palmer. Um, I don't. I don't see another weapon, a big enough weapon, to be a compliment to Kayshawn Boutte yet. Boutte yet. Yeah, I mean, I think they're having kind of open auditions at this point. And, but you have seen flashes and very impressive flashes from guys like Deion Smith, Trey Palmer. The speed uh, with that guy is unbelievable. And it's just a matter of uh, can, can Max throw it far enough down the field? <laughs> he almost underthrew him despite Trey standing 20 yards clear of any defender uh, in the second half against Mississippi State. But, yeah, I mean, they have weapons. It's just you need to find a way to get everybody involved. Um, and I think they have done that. I think in the last few weeks, Jack Besh has just shown up yeah, uh, really impressively. And, yeah. I, I just I, – for me, I wonder if they're going to have a, a feast or famine kind of offense. They're big plays, right? We've seen them. Right. They've, they've unleashed some big plays in every game. But you're going to have to sustain a drive – um, you're not going to be able to live and live by the big play. You're not going to. Some team, Alabama, is going to take that away from you. They're just going to say you're not throwing it over our heads. We're going to. We're not going to let you dial up the big play. So I want to see them. It starts today or tonight. Can they go on these eight, nine, ten play drives? Yeah, I have a I have a stat for you. LSU has 21 scoring drives so far this season. 
eight have been five plays or fewer. Say that again. So I want to hear, LSU has 21 scoring drives this season. Mm-hmm. Eight of those have only lasted five plays or fewer. And those are scoring plays. So those sure. are successful drives that only took five plays. LSU was on the field for 88 defensive snaps. They ran 54 offensive snaps last week. So, like, this is a team that's, like you said, feast or famine, boom or bust. They're scoring when they're scoring. They're doing it quickly. But they're they're not possessing the ball, and it makes it difficult on your defense, right? 88 they, snaps? Yeah. 30 more, 34 more defensive snaps than offensive snaps. The norm is usually in the in the 60s. Right. You know, 60 to 65 range. Right. 88 snaps, they're on the field. They yeah. lost the time of possession battle by more than 10 minutes. Yeah. And won the game. Yeah, and that's rare. Yeah. That's rare. But that, that was Mississippi State. You can beat teams like Mississippi right. State doing that. You do that against Florida, A&M, Alabama, they're going to beat you. Yep. Arkansas, too. Arkansas loves to – to possess the football. They want to play a possession game, uh, possess the football, keep it tight, you know, um, win at the end. And you can do that, but you have to score when you get the chance to score. And LSU, the last few weeks, has been incredibly efficient scoring. If you miss a couple of those opportunities, if you turn the ball over uh, and you're not putting a ton of pressure on the other offense up defensively, that's when it can you can get in trouble like you saw with Arkansas today. Jeff Nowak, Odyssey Sports. I'm Christian Garrick. Jeff, before you push out of here um, – you picking an LSU? You like this? You like this matchup? You think the Tigers walk away with another victory? Oof, I do. Um, well, there's w- the Tigers are definitely going to win today. Uh, it's just a matter <laughs> of which one. But I do. I like LSU. I think you know. I think Max Max Johnson. It's easy to lose perspective because of what Joe Burrow did in 2019. Yeah. Just how incredible his performance has been as a sophomore. A sophomore. Joe was a super senior when he did it. Max Johnson is a sophomore. He's on pace to move into number two in the uh, single-season touchdown passes list by the end of October. Um, he's, I think he has 15 touchdowns against two interceptions. I don't care who you're playing. Those are incredible numbers. Uh, and I think that he's going to be able to get the job done today. I'm more worried about what, you know, can they establish any sort of run game at all going forward? Uh, I think it's going to be tight. I think it's going to be something like 23-21 in that range, but I, I think LSU pulls it out. You're right. I think LSU, the, the quarterback play, they're getting winning quarterback play. That is, that those numbers, 15 touchdowns, two interceptions, that that equates to winning football from the quarterback position. Jeff, thanks so much for the time, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, you bet. All right, we'll step away and come back. This is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Herb Tyler taking the Saturday off, be with his daughter. His daughter uh, is part of the dance team at Georgia Tech. This is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWLAMFM.com and the Odyssey app. Week five of the college football season. Welcome back to the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Our Oakland Hard Jewelers talk and text lines are open at 504-260-1870. Anybody want to guess what the Auburn Tigers average per rush on offense? Seven yards. Seven you're playing a lot of second and threes, a lot of short distances. They don't. That means you don't face a whole lot of third and longs. That's a troubling stat because LSU got gashed by UCLA. They've gotten better in run defense, but this is a team in Auburn that comes off the bus looking to run the football. Seven yards per rush. Again, that high-octane offense that LSU has, the Tigers have, if they're not on the field, they can't strike those big plays. Auburn's going to want to play keep away. 
whether it's Bo Nix or T.J. Finley, a quarterback. Take the air out of the football, run the ball, keep that quick strike, big play LSU offense off the field. LSU averages just 80 yards a game on the ground. 80. They throw for 297 a game. Significant imbalance. You want that rush total to be right around 120, 130 per game? They're about 50 yards off of that. They can't run the football. That's not a good recipe for SEC football to win in the SEC. Because if you're not balanced, it may not impact you. It didn't impact you against Mississippi State. It may not impact you against Auburn. But the Ole Misses, it's hard to say that. It's hard to believe I'm saying that. But Ole Miss, certainly Alabama, Florida, and A&M, if you're not balanced, you hardly have any shot. Again, this is a big strike, big play offense. But you can't live by that if you're LSU. That can't be your identity. And I, I still think that this team is looking for an identity five weeks into the season. If it's the big play offense, that's a flawed identity. That's not a good identity to have because teams are going to take that away. Good defensive coordinators are going to say, well, you're not doing that. Do something else. Beat us, beat us with some other way. They're, they're going to challenge LSU. They're going to invite LSU to run the football. And they'll drop back and, and, and play coverage. Or come after Max Johnson because the offensive line isn't very good. Seven yards per average for, for Auburn's offense. Rushing the football. Think about that. You're happy typically if you get four. Four and a half. Especially on first down. If you can get four, four and a half on first down, second and manageable. Third and manageable. You get seven on first down on a rushing attempt, man, that opens up a lot of different options for that Auburn offensive coordinator. Play action, take some deep shots, or simply keep running the football. And it makes it harder. It's going to make it harder if Auburn has success on the ground for LSU to get after T.J. Finley or Bo Nix because they're going to have to play the run. That's the the opposite of effect for LSU. Their, def- their opponents, the opposing defenses, know that they don't really have to play the run because LSU can't run it. So they can dial up a bunch of exotic blitzes or co- just bring an extra man in pressure. Max Johnson. I'm curious how this plays out tonight in Death Valley. In particular, Auburn's going to want to take the crowd out of the game. They're going to want to take the packed house of Tiger Stadium out of the game. And if it's raining down there, got slippery surface, that's advantage Auburn because they can run the football. And when when you're on the road, the running game is your best friend. Whether it's, again, whether it's Bo Nixon at quarterback or T.J. Finley. It's even bigger, I think, for T.J. Finley. If he's starting tonight, the running game is going to be significant for his possibility of having success. Just wanted to point that out, though. Seven yards per rush, Auburn averages. That's a stat line to keep an eye on. 
If they're averaging six, seven, eight yards against LSU, they're going to win the game. They should win the game. I don't know how you would lose it. Because if you're getting, if you're living that well at six, seven yards a clip on a run, I don't, I don't know how you don't run the ball 45 times, 40 times. You heard Jeff point out LSU's defense was on the field for 88 snaps last week against Mississippi State. 88. LSU's offense has got to counter. They've got to be able to possess the ball. LSU has to win the time of possession. They win the time of possession, they beat Auburn. Okunhar Jewelers talking text lines are open at 504-260-1870. This is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. AM, FM, and .com, and the Odyssey app. Back here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show, LSU coach Ed Ogeron stopped by Sports Talk with Bobby Hebert and Mike Dettillier earlier in the week on Tuesday. Here it is. Oh, hey, Ed, we had to do it What's for up, you, guys? brother. We had to do it for you. We had to play something. <laughs> yeah. Got me fired up, man. There oh, you go. It, it's like 1977 state championship. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to roll. Coach, listen, uh, before we get into questions, I uh, asked Hebert this yesterday uh, because – he said, Mike, other than the uh, state championship game, I threw a pass up. I didn't even see it get there. And it kind of bounced off of some hands. And then Roach makes the catch in the end zone. Man, Cole Taylor. Man, he looked like that pass was for him. But when you watch it again, you know, it really wasn't aimed for him. He said, man, that ain't never happened to me in my life. Never. That would have been a pick six. That's right. Hey. That was a bootay the whole way. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but sometimes better be lucky than good. He, look at Jameis right. Winston with the Saints. I'm like, oh, you're getting The following and, day, he and, throws and, one up. And, and then Callaway goes up like getting a rebound. Hey, uh, players make plays. I mean, uh, That's right. Coach, uh, uh, offensive line play, we talk about it almost every week, and, and that has to improve on your football team. you got to get better running the football. Uh, uh, yeah. the, the thoughts on is Cam Warr going to be ready for this week? I think so. I think he's ready to play. Uh, he didn't practice a whole bunch today. It's only Tuesday, uh, but he's practicing limited today. I think by game time, he's going to be ready to go. Now, uh, you know, Coach O, when you look at it, and, uh, you know, people say, like, uh, and, and I thought it was an outstanding game plan. Uh, Bend, but don't break. Uh, you can't break too much, uh, so to speak, on defense. But the three-two-six scheme, uh, to kind of uh, neutralize with Mississippi State in the air raid offense and what they were trying to do uh, as far as – now, you don't want to get the ball behind you. I know you were a little upset and the one one coverage, but, I mean, it doesn't matter time of possession. It, it was like what, did, what were they getting uh, as far as points with that time of possession considering how explosive uh, the offense and scoring points uh, were. Uh, but uh, to me, that 3-2-6 that – Talk about that when y'all got in the meeting room, how you decided to maybe yeah. uh, do that. And uh, maybe, because uh, it's a copycat lead. I don't care if it's college or NFL. Yeah. If something works, well, why in the hell we don't try that? That's right. Yeah, well, you know, uh, Bobby, after our first game, I was shocked. You know, uh, I was last year that that, that was, that was going to happen to us. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of stayed in the same defense the whole game, didn't make any adjustments. And then the next week, I see where Arkansas. I think Arkansas held them to seven points or something like that. So I've been studying that film. I've been looking at it. Uh, and I've been thinking about it for, for a year now. And when Durante came in, uh, the first film we watched was our film against Mississippi State. And, uh, you know, I said, listen, we're going to have to. I've never done this before. We've got to drop eight and rush three in order to stop the air raid. So we've been working on it. But we really worked hard this week on it. And we kept on making adjustments throughout the week. 
we put it in one way. If we didn't like it, we kept on looking at it. We kept on looking at the Arkansas film. We made some adjustments, and we decided, man, we're going to build a fence. Hey, the, the underneath coverage is going to be 10 yards deep, and we got three deep behind it. We're going to make them throw the ball in front of us and tackle, and it worked. Coach, one of the things, uh, even though it hasn't been officially announced, uh, I'd be shocked if T.J. Finley wasn't under – well, I say under center. None of them's under center anymore at quarterback. But uh, he's going to be the starting quarterback against LSU. Your thoughts on T.J. Uh, situation? He kind of saw what, what yeah. was happening at LSU, decided to leave at that particular point. And sometimes you know, the man upstairs puts you in the right place, right time. It, it wasn't working for Bo Nix. And, man, everybody's now – that was a game, man, we were teasing Deuce. Come on, you got to get LSU-Mississippi State. He's like, no, guys, I, I got Georgia State and Auburn this week to do. <laughs> now, now, by halftime, everybody was swinging that thing to watch Georgia State and Auburn play. Uh, your thoughts on T.J., uh, how he left the program. He's a guy yeah. that I know always loved LSU because in talking to him, yeah. that was something he always brought up. Man, that was my dream to play at LSU. Yeah. So, hey, outstanding young man. I love T.J., man. T.J. had a lot of fire. Uh, you know, Coach Hank Tierney, Coach him at Pontatula. You know, he came here, worked very hard, was an excellent young man, was never an ounce of problem, uh, always was on time, really loved being a Tiger. And then, you know, the decision made came that he had to leave. And, uh, that, you know, he, he was upset. And he came in my office and said, Coach, I love LSU. I hate to do this, but it's a business decision. I said, listen, I give, I give you a blessing, man. Go on. Hey, we're going to pull for you and cheer for you. And, you know, he's at Auburn now. Listen, we love TJ. And uh, just like I said against Cody, <laughs> you know, if we can sack my son eight times, we can play against somebody else. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So, I mean, you know, I'm not going to say we'll sack him eight times, but it was hard for me to see Cody get sacked eight times. But, you know, it, 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 it's, it's competitive, as you guys know, and, uh, and it's just going to be about competing. And after that, we're going to shake hands. Coach, uh, the running back situation, everybody is asking us about it, kind of the, what's happened with John Emery, Trey Bradford, uh, the situation at running back. Uh, we, we got to see yeah. a little bit of Amani uh, Goodwin uh, this yeah. weekend. Man, listen, I think, man, he, uh, coming out of the backfield, he may be your best receiver as a running back coming out of the backfield. Uh, he sort of looks a little bit like, you know, Clyde. Uh, let's see if he can yeah. play like him. Well, well, well uh, right. come on, Junior. You cannot yeah. uh, 27 carry 63 yards rushing to 2.3-yard yeah. average. I mean, uh, we didn't yeah. get that up to like 4.3. Yeah, yeah. Look, listen, man, we, we looked at some things that we're doing up front, and uh, we made some adjustments. Uh, we're still not where we want to be. That's, that's unacceptable. I get it. But, you know, we've got to do the best that we can with what we have right now, improve those guys and or – we need to have – we need to make some stuff happen on first down. We can't be behind the chains. And we just can't right. be hard-headed and say, well, hey, we'll keep on running the ball if we can. So we need to be creative in whatever we can do. And we need to be more creative on first down. So we're going to do that while we continue to get better. We have some good running backs. We're just not blocking very well. Now, uh, Coach O, uh, I, I thought uh, Max Johnson, considering the task at hand, uh, now the game has changed. Uh, you know, yeah. it's more a, a pass-happy league, but I'm looking at the first LSU quarterback with three touchdown passes of 40-plus yards. You want to talk about chunk plays, and then get any better than that since Rohan Davey uh, back in 1999 against Arkansas. So you're talking about like uh, two decades plus uh, that we haven't seen that kind of explosive uh, long passes. Well, you know, we, we, we turn into a big play offense. We want to take shots. 
You know, I learned this from the Saints. You want to take two shots per quarter, eight shots per game, just like the Saints. We want to loosen them up and get more if we can. And obviously, but we just don't want to rely on just a big play. You know, right. we, got, we have to have a better, better short passing game, an intermediate game. We need to be a lot better on third down, Bob. It all starts with protection. I know my, that first, that first, uh, that first uh, touchdown to Boutte, You know, he, it was a safety blitz. We didn't even block him, and Max avoided it. So, you know, I don't want I don't want our quarterback back there getting hit. So, we need to do a better job of protection. Now, uh, Coach O, uh, the challenge along those lines, running the ball. Now, you look at Arvin. Uh, the Tigers, yeah. uh, uh, I'm looking at this cat, uh, Zacoby McLean, if I'm pronouncing his yeah. first name right. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, h- here's a unit. Uh, when you're looking at, the, you know, look at the Auburn Tiger defense. They've always had a style defense, 283 yards a game, but solid against the run, 98 and a half yards a game, only yeah. giving up 2.7 yards. Right. So it's going to be a challenge. You might say, well, we got to block them better, but it doesn't matter who in the hell you're blocking. Yeah. Well, it, 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 it is something that we're aware of. You know, Bobby, uh, Auburn's always been a war in the trenches. Uh, this is always going to be a big man game. It's a physical game. Uh, they always have good defensive linemen, and 99 yards a game is very good. They're an attacking defense. Owen Popo is a great linebacker also. As you know, Auburn's linebackers are always quick, and they fly around. So it's going it's to present a challenge, but we're going to have to be creative in some of the things that we do. To, to, to gain more yards on first down. I think I think that's to keep keep us gain more yards on first down, get in front of the change, and get more manageable, manageable downs on third down. Coach, one of the things, man, I was impressed. Man, Neil Farrell, oh, man, continues to play, yeah. man, really well up front uh, for you. And this wasn't a game about pressure. Uh, pretty much, yeah. uh, but we man the last couple games he's really played well. Your thoughts on Neil and how well he's progressed, uh, especially yeah. from last year to this year. Man, he has really turned into a good football player for you. You know, you know, you know if, if you look at the stats, Mike, I know you know this. Last year, Neil probably made more tackles and was, was more active than any defensive line yes. that we had. But but he was doing it out of his gap. You know, Neil Neil's going to go where the ball is. And we had to get him more gap sound and more technique sound. And you know what? He's done it. Now, he's still got some conditioning left to do. I think Neil is just scratching the surface. I think he'd be an excellent college defensive lineman and going to the NFL and play for a long time. Mason, uh, in his first game as full-time, say, defensive end, how, how did he grade out? Yeah. You know, Mike, we started playing some five techniques, right? And we were going to rush the passer. And we had two fives and a zero. They right. started running the football on us, so we had to put them in four techniques. Right. To stop it. And Mason never played, of course. That's not his fault. He had to rush. He had to rush the uh, passer from a four technique, which, as you guys know, is hard. And you know, we worked on some technique uh, this week that we and they were to get him better. But I thought he played pretty good. But those guys were in a, a bad position. A defensive end and a four technique is not very good. Now, uh, Coach O, I, I want to acknowledge him because uh, you know how you handle adversity. Uh, as an individual player, uh, do you give up the ghost or do you keep fighting? I mean, uh, you have to be proud of uh, Cordell Flott. I'm looking at uh, career high, eight total tackles, uh, four solo stops, uh, interception, yeah. a forced fumble. And then you look at uh, linebacker Damone Clark. I mean, defensive yeah. player of the week in the SEC, yep. uh, career high, 15 tackles against the Bulldogs. Uh, now leads the SEC in tackles with 41 this season. I think those two players definitely uh, came to play uh, when you starting SEC play against Mississippi State. 
Yeah, Bob, you look at that nickel position. You know that the nickel position is just as important position yes. as any position on the team. It's, it's a start. Hey, you, you have started. We play nickel every now and then. You're playing on a slot, and you know this. Some of the best players in America are playing on a slot in the SEC. So it's a very challenging position. But, you know, those two turnovers that he caused that changed the game for us, uh, that one tackle that he made, you know, the first uh, series of the game, we want to start fast. He put his helmet on the ball. Cornell's a very instinctive player. I'm very proud of uh, Damone Clark. He's worked very hard on his pass coverage. He's worked very hard on his open field tackling. And he's turned into be an outstanding player. Coach, uh, in, in watching the game with, with a guy that's a, a regional scout, uh, man, we were talking about, man, all the, the freshman receivers you have, not only Jack, but you know, with Dion, uh, we got to see a little bit of Malik neighbors a little bit more yeah. <laughs> with uh, those guys, you know, and, and that's a position that I think you can come in and make a pretty quick impact. Uh, if it's Brian Thomas Jr., whatever, I, I think because of seven on seven, the way the high school game is right. today, you can come in and make a pretty quick impact, and it's it's noticeable on this football team. And getting a little bit of pressure off of Keshawn Butte. Yes, look at the receivers that Louisiana has produced. Unbelievable! It's unbelievable. You know, look at the job that Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Odell, and, and, and all and all these guys are doing in the NFL. And, and again. Again, we have we have an outstanding recruiting class um, that we signed. We have an outstanding class this year in the state of Louisiana. So Louisiana, uh, the last five, six years, or ten years, have been producing some great athletes here at receiver. So, yes, you can come in and play. It's basketball on grass. You know how it is. Like, <laughs> you know, hey, look, hey, throw a slant, give it to our guys. You know, if you can throw a slant, and you can beat the corner, you want to want on free safety. I mean, that's 10, 12 yards almost every down if you get a chance. That was LSU coach Ed Ogeron earlier in the week with Bobby Hebert and Mike Dettelier. Our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text lines are open at 504-260-1870. You heard Coach O talk about some of the technique issues uh, up front for his football team that they've kind of changed, uh, some alignment issues as well that they've kind of fixed all on the offensive line and um, – Look, we'll see if it works. Their their running game is is just putrid. It's not very good right now. And it's got to get going soon. Otherwise, we're going to see an, an offense that feasts or famines. And it's going to be on the passing game. Coming up next hour, Jimmy Smith from uh, TigerDetails.com will be here in studio with us for the final two hours of the show. Looking forward to hanging out with Jimmy. Also going to hear from Jeff Palermo. Coming up in about 10 minutes, WWL.com columnist and Mike Dettelier, NFL and college football analyst at 530. Plenty to go here. We're here till 6 o'clock tonight on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text lines are open at 504-260-1870. It's LSU and it's Auburn. A cat fight in Baton Rouge tonight at 8 p.m. on the home of the Tigers. And this is going to be a fun one. I'm, I'm geeked about this matchup. Last week, LSU started SEC play. I get it. But it just feels different. The intensity just feels different in this one for LSU and for Auburn, who could see T.J. Finley under center for the Tigers, for the Auburn Tigers, instead of Bo Nix. They made a change. They rallied. He rallied them over a win last week, or for a win last week. And we'll see um, who, they, who they throw out there, who they put under center for Auburn. We'll find that out here in about four hours. One down, two to go. The Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show continues here on WWL.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 